Welcome to this week's episode of Rachel Gaffney's Real Ireland, um, introducing you to the people, places and products from my home. Um, good afternoon and uh, Sarah Strackhouse is with us today. This is Sarah. Welcome back. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm I, you're here. I love watching your show, so I'm very honoured to be on it. Aware <laughs> of that. You're great. Sarah, by the way, works for Real News. She's the mm -hmm. roving reporter here at uh, Real News uh, PR and Real News Communications in Dallas. And she just came back from two weeks in Europe, uh, namely um, Italy and Ireland, but we won't be talking about that on this show. Um, there's enough talk about that. Um, but I asked her to join me today because it's very apropos for today, mm -hmm. because we're going to be talking about Irish food and the food scene in Ireland um, as I know it or as the Irish people know it. And with Sarah just having come back from a week in Ireland, going everywhere from Dublin and Cork and Clare, um, I want to get her take on food, um, her perception before you went to Ireland and maybe your perception now. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, um, maybe we could, um, and of course, St. Patrick's Day is coming up March the 17th next week. And um, I want to be able to, people will be Googling like mad. They'll be looking for Irish food and recipes and everything. So that's why we are going to talk about this today. So Sarah, tell me. Yes. You went to Italy first, then you mm -hmm. went to Ireland. Did you, coming from an Italian background yourself, did you have a preconceived idea of Italy and Ireland and the food? What were your... Um, so Italian food, um, I'm actually an Italian citizen. And my grandmother, mm. I grew up on eating Italian food because my grandmother always cooked for us. So she, so I kind of grew up knowing what Italian food was like, but I had never been to Ireland. Um, I am also Irish. I actually found... Um, an ancestor. I went to one of those like archive things and I actually found an ancestor that came over on a cruise ship, which was pretty cool. But I... Probably not a cruise ship. No, no, not a cruise <laughs> ship. But they, you know, a, a, um, I guess a... Probably emigration. Or a, immigration yeah. ship, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but I did have a preconceived notion of what Irish food was and boy was I wrong. Really? <laughs> yes. What was your perception? What were you expecting when you went there? Now, you knew a little bit from me, but yeah. still, what were you kind of expecting to see or uh, taste? Well, so one thing, I expected amazing bread, and that I did get because of you. Um, I literally had no idea how great the bread was and just kind of how they cooked it and everything. Yeah. Um, so that was great. But I expected, like, you know, the fish and chips, meat and potatoes, you know, lots of carrots for some reason. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of expected the... The, the hearty, hearty food, but just kind of those things. I didn't expect all the delicacies that I ended up finding and the sheer amount of amazing seafood, which 
I'm not a seafood person. I really don't like seafood. Um, you know, I'll eat sushi or something, but I really don't like it. And this was the first time I could say I like I loved it. That's Spoiled so now. That's so great. <laughs> and that sort of brings me back into um, what Sarah was saying was, so I did this this morning. I've done it last year and I'm going to do it again. So earlier this morning, I decided to go on my computer and Google just simply two words, um, Irish food. And this is the image that popped up. Right, so if we could just hold that up there for a moment, Ashley. Um, that is, you know, when you click on images at the top of your page in the Google search engine. So these are the top photos that are coming up. Now, again, I'm not here to denigrate or uh, knock, you know, a good piece of bacon or ham or, or something <laughs> like that. But th these are the images that pop up. Now, the bottom right-hand corner does show some oysters. So there's, yay. Um, so that's great. Uh, but that's what's coming up. Now, in Ireland, there is a hashtag on social media, which I urge you all to follow on both Instagram and Twitter. And the hashtag is, this is Irish food. And, and that's a great hashtag to follow. What I would implore people, especially in Ireland, who are posting their food, their products, whether it's from their restaurant or their farm or whatever it is, or something they make in their home or their cookbooks, yes, by all means use this as Irish food because I think it makes a great statement. But I would highly suggest you also add the hashtag Irish food. Why? Because when people are looking for something here, let's say for St. Patrick's Day now, everybody will be looking for a recipe. So they'll be looking for, they're not thinking, oh, I'm, I need to Google, this is Irish food. Right. That's not the natural go-to. The natural go-to is Irish food. Yep. So just put it in there with it. And I think that will help uh, raise the profile, which is what I really want to do and draw awareness to is raising the profile of Irish food ingredients, the artisans, the producers, the chefs um, and the general hospitality industry. So as Sarah said, she had a preconceived idea um, and then you it tried the seafood and the fish mm -hmm. and, and you loved it. I loved it. I mean, I had the like some chowder dishes, pretty much every single meal and oysters. And I liked oysters before, but I would never choose oysters there every single time. Can I ask you what made you like if you liked oysters before, but you had them in Ireland, was there something different that you found about the oysters over there? They were so much fresher, I think. Um, they they had more flavor. I don't know if I'm, you know, just making that up, but I remember tasting them and yeah, no, they're not making it up. <laughs> I remember tasting them and I was like, this is so much better than anything, I, you know, I, I get in America or, you know, may, I don't know, maybe in Maryland or somewhere amazing. But, I, you know, I just, you don't get oysters like that. And they're huge. Mm -hmm. They were humongous. I mean, I was, I was shocked. They are. And there is a reason for that, actually. Um, Sarah's not wrong. I took some people over to Ireland and we went to Carlingford in County Louth, where the oysters. So there, you can get oysters in different parts of Ireland, obviously. Galway are famous for their oysters and Carlingford are famous for their oysters. And what they explained to me in Carlingford, where you're in the lock and you look up in the mountains, they were saying that the water comes down through the mountains comes over the heather, crosses over different types of maybe limestones or different herbs. And by the time it gets down, you see oysters filter water. You know, they're filtering thousands of gallons of water per day. So it's absorbing the nutrients and the flavors from whatever the water crosses over. Mm. So it's not just how you, you look after your oysters. It's the terrain that the water crosses over. Um, then 
moving on from there, um, I wanted to show you some imagery and some Instagram. I thought it would be a little bit of fun for other people who want to follow and who are intrigued by this. Some uh, social media people I suggest you follow if you want to know a little bit more about what I'm talking about. One of them is a good friend of mine, an American girl actually living over in Ireland. Hey. <laughs> um, and her name is Imen MacDonald. And I've mentioned Imen before, and this is Imen's cookbook. It's called the Farmette Cookbook. But Imen is on Instagram. And if you look at Imen's page, I think I took a screenshot of what Imen's page looks like there. Um, do you see those imagery? I mean, the bottom two or top three out of the six, you can see the food and you can see her see that beautiful bread there that's an irish stout and treacle loaf which is in her cookbook which she has shared the recipe for us so we're going to do that a little bit later mm. but you can follow a man on instagram and the other person she works with a woman by the name of Kleena prendergast in ireland and as you can see Kleena does food writing and photography and she and a man do a thing together called lens and larder which is superb it's a you can go for a two or three day retreat on food writing photography um, having fun with food, eating it, uh, eating it, talking about it, and then writing about it, and the ingredients and the terroir and the terrain. And so they're doing a wonderful job over there, Kleena and Amen, with that. Um, I mentioned earlier on about that image of the Google Irish mm -hmm. food images. Uh, there is a restaurant in Galway, and they have an Instagram page. But I am a great friend of fan of JP McMahon. Okay. And JP has a few restaurants in Galway, and one of his restaurants is a Michelin star restaurant. They've held a Michelin star now for eight years. Um, and I took a, a picture of their Instagram page there, if we can bring that up, Ashley. Okay, let's hold that. D there's JP in the top left. Now, do you see his food? It's so, like, delicate. It's amazing. But that that is, you know, when you talk about Irish food, yes, my mother's not maybe presenting that every night. You know, he has a Michelin star. <laughs> I don't think star. most people are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has a Michelin star for a reason. But if you leave that up there, what's really special is the food and the ingredients that he uses are local or, inter or national, you know. And he celebrates the producers in his area. So whether it's goat cheese or mm -hmm. salmon from the burren or seaweeds, and he makes his stocks out of seaweeds. I mean, and um, in the top right-hand corner there, that's his new book called The Irish Cookbook. And this is going to be an incredible book. It just came out, and I urge people. I ordered my copy of it last week, actually, from Ireland, and I just noticed it's actually for sale on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Oh, but nice. he was just written about again two days ago in the Boston Globe. I happened to be looking through online in the Boston Globe, and I think I took a screenshot of, uh, of that image, the article that they wrote about, um, there it is, Reclaiming the History of Irish Cooking. And if you can see there, it says, a Galway chef's cookbook showcases the history and origins of his native cuisine. I really like it. You can see where it goes into about the history of it and how we cooked and the importance of other ingredients besides the potato, because we get lumped yeah. into that category all the time. Yep. And, you know, you, you talk about kind of the intent and how each ingredient is specifically sourced and talked about. I mean, that was something also that I, coming back, I think I realized so much how much food is celebrated, how much putting together food and eating together and getting together is celebrated. And I think 
here in America, sometimes I think we have a complicated relationship with food and meals. And I think in Ireland, I really felt like it was, you know, it was celebrated and the ingredients were so particular and, and like you said, like locally sourced. So I think that was really special. Well, I think that's very intuitive of you because I've lived here since 1996. Um, and again, this is, we're not here to slight, you know, America versus Europe, <laughs> um, but y you are very insightful because one of the things I noticed when I moved here was people do have very complicated relationships with food. And I noticed, especially with women, mm -hmm. it's a punitive thing. Mm -hmm. So they won't eat it. They'll say, I can't have that. That'll go straight to my hips. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea that food is there to punish you. That it's make, a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, admittedly, if you eat processed foods and drive through foods and cake and takeout and all that, well, of course you're going to get fat and you don't right. get off the couch. Well, and you're going to have heart problems you know, or you're going to be unhealthy you besides know, just the looks. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, Really and truly, food is, like as you said, it is a celebration. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of life, especially when I used to, when I studied uh, French, I was living in France for a while uh, with a French family and meals take hours mm -hmm. because, you know, and the same in Italy, you know, you're talking over food and you're, la you're lingering over the food and you're connecting, mm -hmm. which goes back to uh, JP um, McMahon. And I wanted to show this little video and I think this will sort of help. I'm going to give a shout out to him because he is the founder of um, a symposium held in Ireland every year in October, and it's called Food on the Edge. What JP has been doing is he's been opening up the dialogue and the narrative, which is critically important amongst chefs around the world. So here's this man in Ireland bringing in world leaders in, in food and getting them talking to each other because as he says, they can be a little bit self-congratulatory. You know how chefs are all, you know, we're great, we have Michelin stars and we're fabulous. But there is a whole section of the food industry based on sustainability, again, sourcing locally, food waste, mm -hmm. repurposing ingredients, going back to things that we can use for making that. And so what's happened is it's now into five or six years on. I mean, I still haven't got there, but my goal is to get there for 2020. It's called Food on the Edge. And we'll share a link to the website. But they put together this little video for, um, they hosted, as I said, in, in Galway, Connemara, the west of Ireland, which is breathtakingly wild. You just want to be there. You do. Yep. Oh, my God. So should we uh, roll the video there, Ashley? Have we got it? And we can let people have a quick look. It's only about a minute and a half or so. But give you an idea. It's green. It's beautiful. It's alive. It's very dynamic. Magnificent. Feels like I'm in a movie at Game of Thrones. How, it, how small it makes you feel. That's, that's really what I love about this place. I think we really have to just get the, the confidence, I think, to know that what we have is good and then to really go with it. Hospitality here is my favorite thing about Western Ireland. It's got such beautiful land, such beautiful food, but more than anything, you have beautiful people. The people, the people, 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 the people, people, the people, people are friendly. People, people is amazing. Everywhere you go, big smile and they welcome you. I never see that anywhere else in the world. I found everybody very warm and generous. The people, the culture, and the amazing scenery. Great thing about Western Ireland is the complexity. It's just 
There's so much happening. There's so much to offer. Um, and you've got this whole coastal and inland sort of variety of produce, which is incredible. It's, it's, it's one of the best, and like I say, it's just like coming home. I love how diverse Irish food is. The landscape and the ingredients are special. They're really, really special. The dairy is incredible. The products, the, the, the seafood. The razor clams. great thing about Western Ireland is definitely the weather. Tons of rainfall, grass grows very green, so it's very comforting to be here. Incredible flow of language. Everyone has poetry and humor and good cheer just flowing out of their mouths. But also in driving around, there's really no reason to talk much but just to stare out the window. And I find that kind of show incredibly dramatic and inspiring. I'm really lucky that uh, JP decided to bring me over and get to enjoy this beautiful part of the world that I've never actually seen before. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world, so I can't wait to come back. It's my first time here, but definitely won't be my last. It's raw natural beauty that is unforeseen by many, and also it has great soul. Wow. See what I mean? Um, that's a photograph from his restaurant in Galway, um, Anair. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly. I'll have to get JP on. Um, Anair, Anair. I'm, it's A-N-I-A-R in Galway. And it's had a um, mission star now for eight years. I so love that. That was fantastic. such a special video. And it really kind of like catches the culture really well. I love that. I love the colliery. Did you love the <laughs> scenery? You know, those lovely wild... Um, mountains and and the water like where the yeah. where the boats go through the water <laughs> and the rolling hills I mean it's just it, it's gorgeous I know you got to go I mean honestly it's just fantastic um, and then I'm going to go back to let's move on I want to talk about some okay. bread and I want to talk about a men for a minute I, yes. I think we need to do this so back in September um, as you some of you may know and some of you may not know um, I have a travel side of my business so every now and again I lead a trip to Ireland. Mm -hmm. Mostly I arrange trips for everybody who wants to go there. And I'm kind of pulling back the veil, um, if you like, on Ireland. I want oh, people I to it. sort of go behind the scenes and see more and experience more. And I did one in September and I contacted um, a man and I said, look, I want to take some people. We want to go foraging. We want to go and then have some tea with you. Not some complicated dinner, just, right. you know, tea and a scone. Well, she came through and we did it at Glen Castle. So I took them foraging in the grounds of a castle, you know, how bad. Casual. Just yeah. like you do. <laughs> and then we sat down and had tea and everything. But um, she, I think I have some video footage there of a man in action. We'll show you. It's just a little bit, but th here she is. Properties for um, boosting the immune system. So we're just going to take some of these off here. And am I straight in your it, basket? Straight in the basket and we're going to. Oh, we, we took some turnips <laughs> yeah, because we, they were coming out of the ground. We stole some turnips. I think Olga and Dominic will approve. So the plant that's right behind this tree that has the, some kind it's of... It's ivy. Yes. It's a form of ivy. And it's really With a flower on it? Yeah. So who is Dominic? Where she said Dominic will approve? Yeah. Some of you may or may not know, but you know the actor Dominic West? He was in that um, movie, um, actually, I don't know if you've seen it on Showtime, I think it's called uh, The Affair. 
with Dominic West. Yes, it's a been long, awesome. but a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dominic <laughs> is married to Catherine Fitzgerald, and they together own Glynn Castle. And so that's where we were. So that's where she said Dominic will approve, because we're all here I caught on videos, all picking everything out in the garden. Wow. Um, but I am taking people. I'm leading a trip in September um, to October the 6th of this year. Very special one. I have Glen Castle for the whole weekend. We're staying there as well with a masked dinner. So if you want details on that, let me know. But we went back I inside. I want details on you that. Do? Side note, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back. <laughs> I have to take you with me. Oh, I think it'd be fun, back. the two of us going, a whole lot of oh, us. Oh, boy. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, you'd have to come with us, though, wouldn't you? Be a triple threat. There oh, she yes, is back absolutely. there. Yeah. Poor Ashley. She's always back in there. And I was like, hi, Ash. <laughs> um, but we, um, we sat down and we had tea then in the castle. Do I have a couple of photos of that there of what it looked like? You know, just a casual, like you do. Look at the table. Isn't it lovely? As one frequently does. Yes. And, and the food she made, she had a lovely almond frangipan. Look at that with mm. blackberries. Now, those were wild blackberries. They were just out and about. So she threw them on the plate. Um, this is a little bit more about this is Irish food, you know. Um, those are the images that I'd like to see more and more. Mm -hmm. um, and these, these are the stories I'd like people to hear about, um, you know, and it was delicious. It was fantastic. Emen is a star. She gave me a recipe. And in her book, which, by the way, I do have some copies left. So if anybody wants to buy something, maybe for St. Patrick's Day coming up, give a gift to somebody. Oh, that'd be fun. Her book is just exquisite. See these? Yeah. I mean, she has all these lovely... Um, photographs, stories, anecdotes about her life on an Irish farm. She's married to an Irish farmer. She visits oh, the orchards. Pretty. But in there, she's given me permission to use one of her recipes, and it's an Irish stout and treacle loaf. See it right here in front of me? Am I going to get to eat some on camera? Some? I do. Okay. <laughs> um, I cut up a little piece as well for um, Ashley to have back there. Um, but what I love about this bread is, you know how we have Irish soda bread? Mm -hmm. And everybody calls it Irish soda bread here. And I want to tell people that Irish soda bread um, is made of very few ingredients. It's made of flour, buttermilk, and baking soda. That's it. Wow. No more. The baking soda and the buttermilk interact together, and that's what causes it to rise. There's so no yeast? There's no yeast in this. This bread mm -hmm. takes about three minutes to prepare, mix, and in the oven for 40 minutes. That's Done. quick. It's simple. And I, I, I bake bread, so I know that's a long time. I saw, actually, was I, I was uh, following you. I love how we all follow each other on Instagram, but it's great. Yeah. But I was following you on Instagram on your, um, that you were making bread the other day. Your, yeah, this your, weekend, my grandmother's. Yeah, so she was like this old Italian pepper pot, you know, immigrated here years ago. and Oh, and, she's from Italy. Oh, yeah. She, born and like, raised. Born and raised. She came here when she was a uh, 35, I think. Yeah. Um, and then uh, married my grandfather, who was an American. Um, and her bread takes about five hours. There's two rate rising processes. Uh, okay. So that so an hour. And what do you amazing. do? You have to just stand there and wait. You just ri you let it rise. Yeah. And then you let it rise for about an hour, and then you come back and knead, and then two hours. So you can I don't know maybe run to the gym real quick, run some errands, say a quick prayer, hang out with the dogs, watch a movie. I don't know. Yeah. Say a quick prayer. <laughs> say a quick prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Hope yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes um, with the Italian breads, don't they have traditions with it? Yes. So I have to. Yes, yeah, she had a very strict one. You have to pray every time you let it rise, and then when you put it in the oven, you have to pray again. And she had specific. 
prayers and you have to do things with your hands and I won't give all of her secrets away. No. But the one time, and I've made it 50 something times. I mean, nice. I make it every year for Christmas. Um, and the one time I didn't pray over it, it didn't rise. Are you serious? Yeah. And it was like, it was bone hard when I actually ended up putting it in the oven. And I was like, well, Grandma's looking down at me, yelling at me right now. Well, here, here you go. So with Irish soda Perfect. bread, you often see a, a round loaf made. Um, Ashley, you've got some back there to try? Yes, I sure do. Come on, have a bite. Okay. So this one has got, um, I'll so save you talking, this has got um, stout and treacle in it. Or the equivalent to treacle over here is molasses. It's the closest thing. You know that black, thick one? So just a little bit of this, and the bread gives it a sweeter taste. So there's different things you can do with soda breads. Um, it's amazing. But this bread, you you know, after two days, oh my God, you could kill somebody with it. It's like a hockey puck. <laughs> you just flick it at them. It's rock hard. So, you know, you're supposed to make it, consume it, and that's, that's it. That's when you know it's good, though. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I often do, you know what I do with this? I pan fry it. Hmm. I'll pan fry it. I did a brisket yesterday. I put one in the slow cooker for eight hours. Oh. And um, I'll shred it, and I'll do a red cabbage slaw and brisket and um, I will pan fry this as well. And so that's another way of, of using it. Or it's just, you know, gorgeous with a bowl of soup. But this is a great thing to make that people might want to make for St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. And look, I, you were in the studio, so I don't have a kitchen here. So I, there are other things I could offer or make for you guys, but I just wanted something basic. So thanks to Amen, let me share the recipe with you now. I love this recipe for Irish stout and treacle loaf, which I found in my good friend Emen McDonald's cookbook, the Farmette Cookbook. Thanks to her, she's allowed me to share this with you. Enjoy. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. In a large bowl, combine two cups of whole wheat flour, two cups of all-purpose flour, one and a half cups of rolled oats, one tablespoon of baking soda, and a half a tablespoon of salt. Make a well in the center. Next, pour in two cups of buttermilk. Add two tablespoons of honey and two tablespoons of molasses. Finally, pour in a quarter of a cup of Irish stout and combine the mixture thoroughly with the spoon, but careful not to overknead this dough. Spoon into a nine inch loaf pan, which has been prepared and lined with parchment paper. Sprinkle with some more oats and gently score the top of the bread with a sharp paring knife. Bake in the oven for 45 minutes. Remove and turn your loaf out onto a wire rack to allow it to cool. A men's tip is to cover with a damp tea towel allowing it to remain moist and avoiding the crust from getting too hard. Once cooled, slice and slather with Irish butter and top with your favorite topping. Mmm, enjoy. So there you have it. And thanks a million for your recipe. What do you think? Well, I love how you say at the end of that video, mm, enjoy, because I just did. I ate that entire slice and I uh, am not opposed to more. So after the show, I'll dig in more. <laughs> do you think you'll make it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because especially because the, the simplicity, I think, of it. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
Well, I think the variations, you know, and I'd love to hear from people, you know, um, especially on social media and everything. Um, by the way, this also goes out on YouTube. So if mm -hmm. people want to come back and look at these later, all of these episodes are up on YouTube. I just don't know why I thought of that right now. But if you make a soda bread, I'd love to hear from you because, like you said, with your grandmother, mm -hmm. the other tradition with um, soda breads was you'd always see when somebody made a round one or even a loaf one, you, you see a cross in it. And everybody said, oh, it was because, you know, evil to ward off evil spirits. And so, you know, a lot of religious um, traditions accompanied yeah. with it, but it was a peasant bread. But one of the things they believed that they were smart and they knew is that by scoring the top before you bake it, you know, whether it's just a straight line or a cross, was that it actually releases the steam. So mm. it allows it to, to bake better. So this is a very dense bread, as you can see, but that color is from the Irish stout, so it gives it a lovely look. Um, if you want to order um, a men's uh, cookbook or if there's anybody here in Dallas uh, thinks they need a copy for friends or anything, I have some left. And uh, if it's not on my website, it'll be going up today. Um, those will be available. It's just a beautiful gift. Um, I wanted to sort of talk about one or two things first before we leave and end on this note. And um, it just reminds me of um, you, I was thinking about you in Cork. Mm -hmm. So in Cork, where I grew up, there is a very famous church there called Shandon. Um, Shandon Bells. And there's a, look at me, I like something from the YMCA. <laughs> but there is um, a clock up there and there's four clocks going around and it's known as the four-faced liar. And up at the top, there are bells that you can ring and you can play different tunes. And I meant to tell you about it before you went. And then I find out you went. Well, you hooked me up with John, so he oh, filled me right. in. Yeah, so I got I Can got I pretty just lucky. Yeah. Clarify hooking her up with John. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounded a little weird, huh? Yeah, because her husband was there too. <laughs> my, so. yeah, my husband was there. I was there with my husband. But John is the concierge of the Metropole Hotel in Cork. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, an episode I want to do sometimes actually on concierges and drivers in Ireland. Mm -hmm. They are the best. Phenomenal. But John hooked her up and sent her to Shandon. And uh, before we show this video. I was trying to figure out, what did you actually play? It doesn't sound like it, but what did you play? <laughs> oh Do you remember? Oh, yeah, because my husband played it first, and I was like, you're not doing it right. So then I played it, and it still sounded the same. So we what weren't very it? good. Three blind mice. <laughs> well, we'll see if people can judge. It's a quick snippet of her at Chandon Bell. So let's have a look and see. kind of when we were walking up to it and then this was the inside it was so amazing they had these old books and bibles like from the 1700s and children's oh, books nice. and and everything i'm not i couldn't remember what this was when, once i got the baptismal back, font here it is <laughs> sounds pretty terrible <laughs> three do you know who i feel sorry for all the people all the who poor lived residents. In court. <laughs> <laughs> well then you could actually you continued up and my husband is you know six five former linebacker <laughs> so he was going like shimmying sideways through some of it but then you go up and here's the actual bell and then that was oh the rainbow yes this you is my terrible it? footage from up top because it was raining a little bit but okay so um, it's a rainbow in Ireland yeah there it is the four-faced liar of Shandon and, this is the other side and the back and the gorgeous view of Cork. I mean, we loved it in Cork. I would love to go back again and just spend like two weeks there. Well, as you can see, there's just uh, so much content anyway. I mean, there's just so much information, but I had to end and show that little bit of footage for, for that. But um, anyway, I think we should wrap it up for this week. I think we covered a lot and I'm hoping that you'll start. If, you, if you've missed some of this, go back over the beginning. I shared some interesting um, resources for you to follow on social media about Irish food and the food scene, food on the edge, 
Emen MacDonald, JP McMahon, Galway, and of course Galway right now. For 2020, uh, Galway is the European city of culture. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no, I didn't. So there's a lot happening in Galway. Um, we'll have to share. In fact, I'm going to have some people on the show from Galway soon as well. Oh, talk about what's going on. But um, until next week, um, hopefully you all have a lovely St. Patrick's Day. Love to hear if you try making a men's bread. Take a picture, tag us, send it to me. Follow me on Instagram or YouTube or Twitter, Rachel Gaffney, or on Facebook, Rachel Gaffney's Real Ireland. Uh, we would love to hear from you, but we'd also love to hear, is there anything you want us to talk about? Is there any part of Ireland you'd like to know about? Is there anybody or anything? And uh, we'll endeavour to do what we can. But until next week or the week after next, yeah. Slán Lath. <laughs>